We hear it all the time. My people aren't coachable. They're defensive. It's like they have a wall up. They just won't listen. Hey, it's David, and you're listening to Leadership Without Losing Your Soul, your source for practical leadership inspiration, tools, and strategies you can use to achieve transformational results without sacrificing your humanity or your mind in the process. Welcome to today's show. Uh, If you are like that manager or the many managers that we've heard those frustrations from, definitely you're not alone. You know, feeling people aren't coachable and they're defensive and and they won't listen and and all the rest. And totally get that. It's one of the most frustrating experiences to feel ignored or unheard. And sometimes people who can't grow, they're not in the right position or maybe they're, you know, constitutionally incapable or something like that. I mean, it's possible. And today, from a leadership perspective, We also want to look at the legitimate reasons that people might ignore feedback. As a leader, you want to make sure you eliminate these kinds of roadblocks so that you can build teams where everyone grows together. So there are seven reasons I want to take a look at that might cause people to ignore your feedback. So let's listen to team members explain why they have a hard time hearing or acting on the feedback that you might share. Number one, a feedback flood. This is the team member who says, I'm trying to do better, I really am, but it's all just too much. Every time we meet, he's giving me something else to work on. No matter what I do, I can't seem to get it right. So I just block him out and do the best I can. Here's your solution. If you have somebody who is just overwhelmed, we have to channel it. We gotta narrow down what we're doing and make change manageable. Bottom line, you wanna focus on one behavior at a time. There may be five or six different things that need to be addressed to help them get where they need to be and ultimately be successful in their role. But if you address all six at once, you're unlikely to have success there. They're not going to be able to focus. So let's focus on one behavior at a time. All right, number two is hypocrisy. And I'm going to break hypocrisy into two parts. So we're going to do hypocrisy part one. Let's hear from our team member on this one. My boss has talked with me three times about my communication. The other day, I tried to give her some feedback about her communication style was landing with my team. She didn't want to hear it. Why should I listen to her if she won't listen to anyone else? The solution here, if this has ever described you or you have a team member you think this might be true of, is to listen. And specifically by using the reflect to connect technique. You don't have to agree with everything you hear, But if you want people to hear your feedback, you want to hear theirs too. It's definitely a two-way street. So role model what it looks like to be coachable and receive feedback in a healthy way. So to reflect, to connect, you're acknowledging the emotion that you're hearing. Oh, it sounds like the team was really frustrated. sounds like the team was really confused by what I shared. Start by capturing that emotion, then dive into the specifics. Okay, let's address another element of hypocrisy. If you're counting this as our third reason, your feedback might be ignored. Hypocrisy part two. Let's hear from our team member. My boss keeps telling me my customer courtesy credits are too high, that I'm costing the business too much money. So I really worked on that for a while, but then I found my customers asked to speak to my supervisor, and guess what? She always gives them the credit. She looks like the hero, and the credit she gives them goes against my numbers, and I still end up on a progressive action. The answer here should be straightforward. you got to follow your own standards. If there are reasons that you make exceptions, 
clearly differentiate and explain the thought process so that your team can do the same. If they can't do it too, and you're the only one that can do it where they're not allowed to, for some reason, it needs to be a good reason for that. And that that isn't and like in our example here, going to come back and land negatively on them. All right. Reason number four, I don't know how. And our team member here says, well, my manager says I need to be more strategic. That sounds awesome. I'm all for that. But what does that mean? How do I do that? I think I'm doing my job, but then they tell me I'm not strategic enough. Your solution here is to be sure that your feedback is specific and actionable. Telling somebody to be strategic could mean 15 things to 15 different people. What does success look like in terms of specific observable behaviors? So if you need someone thinking about the big picture or about uh, whatever your, let's say your strategic MIT or OKRs or whatever your uh, top level strategic goal for the year is, talk about that goal specifically and the effort they're making with regard to that. I'd like you to bring me one solution or one enhancement to this process that's going to help us contribute to that objective. You might also follow up by asking about some of the data or their understanding of the objective. So you can check for understanding and ensure that they have the context and the data and everything they need to actually act strategically. But we don't want to assume people know how to be successful, particularly around those things. And if you're unsure, best to do a check for understanding and see where they are. And then if they need help, you can either train or do the nine what's coaching process to help them develop their problem solving. All right, reason number five, your feedback might be ignored. I disagree. So this is the team member who says, hey, listen, my supervisor keeps asking me to do this, but I just don't think it's right. It's gonna have a negative impact on my customers. I've tried to explain my concerns, but she just keeps citing policy and that the decision is quote, above my pay grade. So here's the thing. We all have to implement policies that we don't agree with. That's going to happen. So you want to start by listening to the concerns. Again, reflecting to connect. And once you've summarized what you've heard, then you can explain why the decision happened. Just shutting down the conversation may get you compliance, but not even that always. And it certainly isn't going to lead to commitment. Sometimes a straightforward, hey, listen, I understand that you disagree. And I'm not asking you to agree, but I am asking can you do this? So you're starting with some empathy. Listen, I get it. I understand why it's frustrating and you see it differently. And can you do this? Now, if it's illegal, immoral, things like that, that's a whole different category. We're talking about where there's a strategic approach or a policy approach or um, some kind of thing that is chosen to do. We're not illegal. We're not immoral. The team member just disagrees with it. That's okay. They're entitled to their opinion and they might be right. Number six, you're wrong. Team member says, my boss told me this process should only take 30 minutes. That's true, but that doesn't include the prep time, answering questions, and follow-up to ensure the process sticks. Her 30 minutes is actually two hours. And if this is you, you want to make sure you have your facts straight and be open to changing your mind when the data doesn't match your initial assessment. And there is an in-between here. If you're an innovative, visionary idea person, sometimes you can think things will only take, oh, that's a short thing, that only takes 15, 20 minutes. And your operations person who gets into the weeds on things is like, no, that's a three-hour process. And the truth is probably somewhere in between. But make sure that you've actually 
dug in and understood. When you have somebody who's frustrated or ignoring feedback or uh, seems to be in this realm, dig in. Say, I'm curious. Can you help me understand what this actually looks like? I sense that maybe I don't have the same understanding of it you do. I come from a place of genuine curiosity, and you'll help them to be connected and heard, and you'll make better decisions. And finally, number seven, read the seventh reason that your feedback might be ignored. I don't know what you're talking about. Let's hear from this employee. I had the most frustrating conversation with my boss. He told me I needed to do three things. As far as I know, I'm doing all three of those things. I explained how I was doing what he was asking, and he got frustrated with me. He told me not to be defensive and that those three things aren't really what he's talking about. It's like he was talking around whatever it was he wanted to say. I wasn't defensive before, but I'm getting there. To avoid this problem, speak directly and avoid speaking in generalities. Describe specifically what success looks like. Again, go back to specific behaviors or outcomes. Ideally, you should be able to tie it back. Here's the objective. Here's how we're assessing that. Here are the criteria. This is what success looks like. Getting back to that foundation. If that's not clear in whatever area you're addressing, there's no way that person's going to be able to succeed there. If it's a, a challenging issue, you got to address it directly and even offer specific objective examples of the issue. You know, if you need to use your Inspire conversation, if it's one of those kinds of a, a coaching situation or a performance feedback. But from an employee perspective, it's incredibly frustrating to be told to do what you feel you're already doing when, in fact, that's not what the manager or the leader is actually trying to ask. Uh, and it just goes in circles and everybody is frustrated. Typically, when I see this happen, it's because the leader, and I have been on the receiving end of this one. Um, actually, I've been on the receiving end of most of these in my career. But the times that I have had a leader do this to me where they're addressing something and then say, well, we really need to see this and this from you, that kind of thing, and I'm already doing those things and have all the documentation, it's likely that they're really uncomfortable about addressing something else. So if you find yourself in that situation, roll up your sleeves, dig in, and have the conversation you actually need to have. Your team will respect you more. You'll feel better. You'll be closer to developing the relationship and the results you want. Everything improves if you can be direct. Hey, this is Nora, and I have a question. Hi, David. My name is Jamie, and I'm calling in from Maine. My question is about... Hey, David. This is Julian from Kuala Lumpur, Malaysia. This is John from Colorado Springs. This is Johan White from Kingston. I have a question for you. This is Cynthia from Baltimore. Hi, David. This is Susan from New Jersey, and my question is... Hi, David. This is Dean from Denver. I would love your advice on this. All right. Got a question from our last episode about uh, quickly building team commitment. And uh, before I answer it, I would love to answer your question. So send those to me. If it's a leadership management related question, I'll take a shot at it. We'll use it in a future episode. Uh, go to leadershipwithoutlosingyoursoul.com. There's a big orange button. You can click that. Record your question or email it to me, david.dye at letsgrowleaders.com. All right. And our question today comes from, I think it's pronounced Abria. Uh, and so talking about how to quickly build team commitment, Abria's question was basically going back to trust. Uh, here are all of the suggestions I made, and I'm shorthanding here. Here are all the suggestions I made about um, 
you know, establishing clarity quickly, fast accountability and encouragement, building the small wins and uh, the connecting what to why and all of those elements. And Aubrey's question is, how do I get the team members to trust one another as we're doing all those things? And it's a great question. It's the awareness is 100% on that we our team needs to trust one another. And the answers ultimately come back to all of the same criteria, all the same things that we're talking about. So if there are issues where somebody isn't reliable or isn't following through on uh, the, the guidance or their commitments or things like that, the things that build trust, as a leader, we want to address those right away. We want to help our team be able to address them right away. Create small wins. I uh, can't emphasize that enough. Get those opportunities for people to see that they can rely on each other in small ways so that you can build those into to bigger ways. Um, also, another strategy you can use here that is something specific to helping team members trust one another is call attention to the wins. There may have been something that happened uh, where one team member did something, but it was quiet and they were just following through. Draw attention to it and the fact that you really appreciate that we can rely on one another and continue to do that and, and share that across the team. Don't just focus on one person, but be looking for those opportunities. So as you clarify what success looks like, as you uh, get very clear about communication, as you hold yourself to those standards with integrity and people know that they can rely on you, create those opportunities, find the opportunities to celebrate, and you'll be building that, that trust and commitment with one another on the team as well. And that said, Aubrey, the last thing I would say in answer to this question is it also takes time. It's going to take some time for that trust to build between people. I think it can actually come with you faster, so don't neglect your work as a leader. You'll be giving everybody a firm foundation of trust and confidence. They can trust you. The trust for one another is going to come that much sooner. All right, thanks again for the question, and I will look forward to answering your question in a future episode. All right, so we're talking today about feedback. We've talked about seven reasons that people might ignore feedback. Keep in mind that a healthy feedback discussion is a conversation. It's not one way. It needs to be a conversation that should open the doors to communication and mutual understanding. So if you're honing your skills and modeling the listening and receptivity, that's going to help you build a culture where everyone on your team or in your organization can speak up. Most employees want to do a good job. So if your feedback's being ignored, dig deeper, see where that root cause is. See if there's not one of these seven ways that you can be the leader you'd want your boss to be. Until next time. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.